As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Hi friends, welcome to the home group tonight. My name is Paul Renner and my father Rick Renner asked me to lead the home group on his behalf. Today we'll be talking about Easter and I really, really like to talk about Easter because the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ is central to our faith. It's so important that as Christians we understand exactly what happened during the passion of Jesus Christ, exactly what happened when Jesus voluntarily took upon himself the punishment for our crimes against God, when he took upon himself the punishment for our sins. And he didn't just take upon himself the punishment, he was raised from the dead. God the Father raised him from the dead. And in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have proof that we can believe on him. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is our hope. We have hope that he'll come again and save us. And we believe on him and we believe in his words and that believing on him is what actually gives us the salvation, the forgiveness that each of us need. Jesus came to help those who need help, to help those who are sick. Each and every one of us needs help. We all need some kind of help and it's so important for us to recognize our own weaknesses, our own sins, because when we recognize that, it gives us the revelation that we need to go towards Jesus because he's the one that saves us. Amen. So today we'll be talking about Easter and along with me here in the studio is my mother and Joel. It is so good to be with you and I'm excited. I really am to be with you tonight. Uh, Joel, what was that? It is an exciting move. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. And I want to start off home group with a question. Okay. Okay, home group, you ready for my question? Here it is. I want to ask this question to Pastor Paul. This is the question. Oh, my. Every Easter feels like there's a lot of people in church, but the week before and the week after, it's just a normal congregation. Why is it that on Easter Sunday, there are so many people at church? That's actually quite a depressing question because the week before would be so much better if it was like Easter Sunday. And the week after is usually quite a letdown because Easter was so exciting. There were so many people in church and worship was so powerful and there was just so much excitement in the room. And then the week after Easter, things kind of go back to normal and you wonder where the, all that excitement is. I actually think that every Sunday should be like Easter. I'm kind of like the every Sunday is an Easter Sunday kind of guy. Let's make every Sunday exciting. Let's, let's make every Sunday worth coming to church. Let's make every Sunday a celebration of Jesus's resurrection. I like it that way, but it's not that way for everybody. You know, and I, I like it that way. And that's, that's actually what I, I, I lean towards. That's, that's what I'm working towards for every Sunday to be Easter Sunday. But, Joel, you asked the question, why? And that's because when you say it's Easter, when you say it's Christmas, when you say it's some significant holiday, the people who don't usually come to church say, well, you know what, I should probably go to church because, because it's Easter, because it's Christmas, or because it's a specific religious church holiday. And so people who, 
usually don't come to church regularly, they make an effort to come to church on Easter or on Christmas or on other events. And I'm very glad that they're in church on those days. That's great. Go to church on Easter, especially this year. This is a great year to go to church on Easter. Last week while we were talking about Easter, I got excited. I got really excited because last year we didn't get to go to church on Easter. Mm. We all celebrated Easter at home. Now that was very special. And many people actually spoke about the significance of that. It was the first time in 2000 years that Christians celebrated Easter strictly at home. So there was some significance in that. All over the world, every single Christian was celebrating Easter at home with their family. Perhaps they did their own Easter service or perhaps they watched this Easter service online. But this year, you get to celebrate Easter with your whole family. And I expect it to be a very exciting church service. Sometimes we get in this habit of staying home and watching online and you have to just come out of that habit and say, you know, say, no, I don't, I don't, I can go to church in my robe. I can go to church. You know, I don't have to dress up or anything. I can still go to church. I want to tell you, it's not the same. Bible says, don't forsake yourselves uh, of gathering together uh, because as we see the day approaching, well, the day that's approaching is that Jesus is coming. Amen. And there is a difference and because I had to stay home for five months. So I sat there and stared at the computer every Sunday. I was very faithful online because I couldn't go to church. But I want to tell you, there's a big difference when you are with other believers. Now, you couldn't go to church along with other people because there was restrictions for people over a certain age yes. in Moscow. Now, yes. this Sunday, I saw a grandmother in church who hadn't been to church in six months. She was so happy. Aww. She was just so happy. We just stood there and talked and hugged. And I mean, we didn't even have to say very much. She was just happy to be in church, happy to see other people, mm -hmm. happy for happy to be seen by other people. It's, it's fun to see people, but it's fun to be seen too. There, there's part about coming to church that's just being a part of the family. And Baba, you're funny to watch. Because when you, right now, when you're talking to people in church, you yes. can see a joy <laughs> of just being around other believers. Oh, just to stand. I looked at the carpet at church. I looked at the floor. I said, I'm so glad to see this carpet. I'm so <laughs> glad to be standing here. Somebody said, it's a blessing that you're here. I said, I looked at the floor and I said, I am so glad to be taking up this space, standing right here because I got to come to church. And I just want to encourage you because it's normal to say, well, you know, I can watch online. I can hear the word. I can watch the worship. It's not the same. Get dressed, do what you have to do, and go to church. Amen. Amen. Now, during the regular program, we're talking about unknown facts about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you have not downloaded the study guide, this is the study guide to download. This is the big one. This is the one, Joel. This is the 165-page one. That's the truth. Yes. Look at this thing. It is that big. It is just pages. And it comes along with this wonderful series. This is where Dad films his daily TV program. You can get the study guide free or you can get the whole series and it will really bless your life. If you want to know something about Easter, well, this is the course to take. That's true.
and it will really help you. And if you want to study on your own, this study guide is just wonderful. It really is helpful. You can go through the Bible and study along with Dad as he does. This is really Dad's notes. Mm-hmm. And when Dad sits here and he says, I, can, I can't do any better than my notes, this, he's reading from his study guide. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really his work that he's put into this to help you study the Bible. We're believing for the revival of the Bible in people's lives. That is so very important. The Bible will change your life. And I'm so glad we get to study the Bible together in home group. Amen. But before we get into our home group, I want to say if you need prayer, please call us. Just email us at prayer at random.org or call us at 1-800-742-5593 and we'll be happy to pray with you. We believe in miracles and we want a miracle to happen in your life. And if you want someone to believe with, we'll be happy to be that somebody. Amen. If you'd like to follow along today, you can open your sparkling gems if you have a sparkling gems, number one, or, and we'll be looking at sparkling gems number one, and then it is actually April 19th that we'll be opening today. But from the study guide, it's page 105. Okay, so study guide, page 105, meaning we're almost halfway through the Easter subject. Or, of course, you could purchase the book, uh, Paid in Full. Joel? There it is, Paid in Full. And Mommy, you've read this book. I have. And it is a very good book. There's 35 chapters, and it really leads you up to Easter. And you can just read one chapter a day. They're not very long until you get to Easter. And it's a wonderful way to prepare yourself for Easter Sunday. And it's so important that we know as much as we can about what Jesus did because it's the power of God is what he did for us. And so we need this power. We need this power today. You need this power tomorrow. So either, I mean, purchase this book. It's going to be a blessing to you or download that. Download those study guides. Those are amazing. And I was just thinking, as you were saying, Joel, that because some of you, I get to talk to you when we come to the United States. I haven't been there in a year and a half now, but we're coming and I get to talk to you and you say, you know, we take sparkling gems and, and we use it as a daily devotional with our children. Well, I want to encourage you to pick out something, some studies in the study guide and say tonight we're going to talk about Easter and we've got a special plan and this is what we're going to do because it's only going to bless your family and bless your children. That's right. Amen. Easter or the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus is the ultimate proof of his love towards each of you. In Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it says, but God commandeth his love towards us Mm. in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. So before you did anything to even express your knowledge of Jesus, he already did something for you before you were even born. He already did something for you. So when we say that God is love or when we say that Jesus loves you, his death, the fact that he took upon himself the punishment for your sins is the proof that he loves you. So if you ever needed proof or if you're the type of person that likes to think things through, think it through. Think it through. Be very analytical. Think it all the way through and it will lead you to gratitude. It will lead you to loving Jesus. Just keep thinking it through. Use the brain that God has given you. Think it through all the way to the end and you'll find that the death, the death, the 
the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus is God's proof to you that Jesus is exactly who he said he was and that he loves you. God is love. All right, so have you ever been in this situation where you felt like um, unreasonable expectations were being placed on you? Were you ever in this situation where you felt like the person you were talking to or perhaps the ter- person who you were being interviewed by or maybe even uh, verbally persecuted by uh, was putting too high of an expectation on you and maybe they thought that you could answer all their questions and they actually had an alternative motive. They actually wanted to make fun of you. They actually wanted to have some fun uh, on your, at your cost. Jesus understands the situation you are in. Uh, beyond, uh, beyond being beaten, beyond being spat at, beyond the soldiers uh, having fun at Jesus' expense, beating him and then saying, now tell us who beat you. After all of that, beyond all of that, then we see that Herod, when he finally got to meet Jesus, now he wanted to meet Jesus. He had heard and heard and heard about Jesus. He had wanted to meet Jesus, all for the wrong reasons. But finally, when he got to meet Jesus, then he began to make fun of Jesus. He, 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 began, he put expectations on Jesus that Jesus refused to fulfill. Have you ever been in that type of situation? How did you respond in that type of situation? How did you feel? I've been in that situation. It's quite uncomfortable. You, you don't quite know what to say and you feel your own weakness or your own inadequacy at that moment when all of a sudden there's some type of expectation being put on you that you feel like, eh, you know, I, I wish I had some time to prepare or I wish someone had warned me that this is what I was going into. Well, Jesus didn't have a choice whether to go into this situation or not. It was part of the whole process of him being crucified and judged. Pilate passed him on to Herod. Herod eventually passed him on back to Pilate. It was just part of the process. Well, I want to say Jesus had a choice, but he did it all willingly. He submitted to the process. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Jesus had a choice. He could have just called down legions of angels, stopped the whole situation. But no, he decided to go to the cross to fill the will of the Father and die for our sins. Mm-hmm. That's right. Amen. So in this certain situation, Jesus was silent. We don't always have to respond. There's a lot of encouragement and there's a lot of freedom when we follow the example of Jesus. We don't always have to respond. And I hope that that's encouraging to you too. Now Jesus didn't respond to Pilate when he was asked questions because if he had responded, then it could have jeopardized the whole process. Jesus was silent, and in being silent, based on Roman law, he did not defend himself. But when he got to Herod, and Herod was making fun of him, he he was silent again. And instead of playing along with Herod, he was silent and just waited for it to end. And he did that for me and for you. You know, I believe I have a word of knowledge. There's somebody who's listening right now. And you were, maybe your parents gave you up for adoption or, but you were passed around. 
we were passed around from one foster home or one parent or one place to the next place. And I just want to tell you that in that heartbreaking time, which you should have never had, the rejection that you should have never experienced, Jesus experienced it before you. And he paid the price. And, and, and he can bring comfort and healing to those wounds in your heart right now. And I speak that over you, whoever you are, the healing power of God to come over your heart right now in the name of Jesus and to, to deliver you from those horrible memories and the trauma of those memories and that you see that you were not alone and that Jesus had already taken that for you. Just take his comfort and the fact that he knows exactly what that was like and he took the punishment of that and the horror of that and the heartbreakingness of that on himself so that you could have freedom in your heart. Just take that freedom right now in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Luke twenty three eleven, And Herod with his men of war set him at naught, and mocked him, and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. Now I'd like to talk about how they arrayed him in a gorgeous robe. They were making fun of Jesus. They were mocking him. And they were doing it in a very public way. As Jesus returned to Pilate, as he was walking along the streets, they saw Jesus in Herod's clothes, as if to say... Look at this guy. He says that he's a king. He says that he is the son of the Lord, of, of God. He says, he said, now look at him. Now he's in change and we're going to put a robe on him just to make fun of him. Jesus experienced public humiliation. Now, sometimes we get humiliated publicly. It happens. It, it has happened, and it, it specifically, sometimes it happens even in social networks today. Publicly, someone may humiliate you, post a picture of you, and, and maybe make it funny somehow, and that be humiliating. And they may do it for a specific reason, for a specific, for, for a, for a specific purpose. Maybe they have their own motive or message that they'd like to share. But maybe you have been publicly humiliated. Jesus was also publicly humiliated and he understands what it's like to experience that he really does and paul i want to read from luke chapter 23 also verse 11 now herod and his soldiers began to mock and ridicule jesus they put a royal robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. and this was after he was had been accused by religious leaders and these religious leaders were just shouting they were irate they were screaming at Jesus with all his accusations, and Jesus was silent. Isn't that amazing? And after all that, then Pilate puts his robe on him, not Pilate, Herod, and sends him off to Pilate. And this is what it says in the study notes. What kind of garment did they throw on Jesus? Well, verse 11 says, a gorgeous robe. <laughs> in the Greek, this phrase describes a splendid, bright-colored, resplendent material. This was very often used to describe the clothing of a king or a politician. 
being in Herod's palace, gave them access to such clothing. To complete their game of charades with Jesus, Herod and his men of war draped a gorgeous robe around his soldiers and sent him back to Pilate. By doing so, Herod was saying, Jesus is no king. He's just another pretender running for office. Christ endured this horrible treatment even though he had done nothing wrong. For three years he had given his life serving his people. John 1.11 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. The very people who mocked and abused Jesus brutally were among the very people he died for on the cross. That is so very powerful. Jesus died for us. And if people are mocking you, people are ridiculing you, Jesus died for those people too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't have to protect ourselves. We can just remain silent and let the, let the Lord work f for us. It's his battle, not ours. And we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against spiritual principalities. And Jesus understood that so clearly. I believe it's why he stayed silent. Well, and the Bible says that we're not to avenge ourselves, but let the Lord take vengeance. And the Lord, he takes a vengeance. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's perfectly. If we take vengeance, it's going to be imperfectly. It's going to have some, probably some of our wrath, some of our disgust, some of our hate, some of our wrong attitudes. If we take vengeance... But if we, like Joel just said, if we just are silent and we will let the Lord stand up for us, he will do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Amen. If you have not downloaded the study guide by now, please go online to download the study guide. That will be, you'll be ready for tomorrow's home group because tomorrow we're continuing to talk about Easter, the death the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So go ahead and download the study guide or send us your prayer request so that we can support you today. Father God, I thank you for this wonderful time of fellowship that we've had. Help us, Lord, to understand more, to have more faith. Help us, Lord, to have a better, clearer understanding of exactly what you did for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Thank you.